0: Hello and welcome to Bite-Sized History, the show where I try to make history fun, fast, and interesting. I'm Nick, your host. Our topic today is actually one of the time periods that I'm most interested in when it comes to history, and that is the American Civil War. Specifically, we're going to be talking about turning points of the Civil War. The common narrative in American history is that it was the Battle of Gettysburg, but you can definitely make strong cases for other events. So we're going to be talking about that today. Specifically, I'm going to start by giving a little bit of context on the American Civil War, and then... um, I'm going to go through, in my opinion, the top three candidates uh, for the turning point of the Civil War, if you had to pick one. So, let's get started. The American Civil War, um, also called the War Between the States, or if you're in the South, the Wall of Northern Aggression. The Civil War was one of the most transformative events in American history. Thirteen southern states rose in rebellion, and the nation was plunged into conflict. Between 600,000 to 750,000 people lost their lives. By the end of the struggle, slavery had been abolished in the United States. The U.S. President, Abraham Lincoln, did not live to see the results of the war. He was assassinated only a few days after the surrender of the Army of Northern Virginia. The Civil War started on April 12, 1861, officially, when, after decades of simmering tensions between the Northern and Southern states, Confederate soldiers opened fire on Fort Sumter, which was a harbor fort near Charleston, South Carolina, by this point, a number of southern states had already seceded, uh, being frustrated with the election of President Lincoln the previous fall. Another wave of southern states would secede a bit later when the president called for volunteers to put down the southern rebellion, and this was kind of the the final straw that pushed a lot of these southern states that still hadn't made up their minds to Uh, declared their allegiance to the Confederacy because they were worried that, well, a big federal Yankee army is coming down here and we have to defend ourselves. Just a little bit of reference for those that may not know, the Civil War was fought between a collection of northern states called the Union and a collection of southern states called the Confederacy. Just to give you an idea, I'm going to quickly run through these states. The union included the states of Maine, New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Kansas, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, California, Nevada, and Oregon. And uh, their president was Abraham Lincoln. The Confederacy, uh, which, like I said, actually seceded in two waves, but um, when all was said and done, it included the states of Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. Their president was Jefferson Davis. There were five other states that were caught up in the conflict, and they were Maryland, Delaware, West Virginia, Kentucky and Missouri, and these were called border states. When the war started, the population of the Union was about 18.5 million. In the Confederacy, the population was listed as 5.5 million free and 3.5 million enslaved. Uh, I have seen estimates of the southern slave population being as high as four or four and a half million Uh, another uh, another figure i have often seen is that uh, in 1860 the population of the united states was 30 million 21 million in the north nine million in the south and again of that uh, nine million in the south four four and a half million of them were slaves the border states that i just mentioned had a population of about two and a half million uh freemen and about half a million enslaved people. A number of events have been proposed by historians as, you know, the turning point of the Civil War. Here are the most likely three, in my opinion. Um, presented in historical um, chronological order. We're going to start with the Battle of Antietam, September 17th, 1862. This was the climax of Robert E. Lee's first invasion of the North. Robert E. Lee was the most famous uh, general in the Confederacy, a Southern general. Um, He was immensely popular with his men and during the course of the war, he tried to invade the north twice. So this was the the, the kind of the pinnacle of his first invasion of the north. The Confederate army was stopped but not destroyed. The Battle of Antietam was also very important in a political sense. At this point in the war, the Confederacy still hoped that the United Kingdom or France or both would intervene in the war on their behalf. There were elements in both countries uh, that were sympathetic to the South. Northern strategists needed a victory to show that the Union Army could win battles. This is very important because up until this point in the war, um, the Union Army had just been getting pummeled again and again and again by the Confederate Army um, and morale was very low. The Battle of Antietam restored some of the Union Army's confidence in themselves. More importantly, it gave the Lincoln administration the necessary political momentum to issue the Emancipation Proclamation. This document freed all slaves um, in states that were currently in rebellion against the United States. Until this point, the primary war goal of the North was to preserve the Union. Now, the abolition of slavery was also a chief war goal. This had the effect of dissuading the European powers from getting involved in the war. They had long ago abolished slavery in their own countries. The war was no longer just a collection of rebel states, quote, struggling against a tyrannical government, end quote. They did not want to get involved, uh, this is the European powers, in a conflict where the abolition of slavery was a central issue. While slavery had always been a core component of the Confederate government, uh, and for references on this and, and for further discussion of this, you can look up the quote, uh, articles of secession, eighteen sixty one to uh, 1860 to 1861, and these were the documents that were publicly declared proclaimed um, as kind of uh, a statement of beliefs and an official issuing document when the southern states seceded from the union the issue was now um, squarely in the foreground of the war at this point without european support the confederacy faced a much more difficult path to victory it was definitely Uh, the beginning of an uphill battle for them. Before we move on, I'd just like to present a few facts about the Battle of Antietam, uh, which was also in the south. It was called the Battle of Sharpsburg. You'll see this a lot when you study the Civil War. A lot of these key engagements of the war had a popular name in the north and a different popular name in the south. These are numbers from the American Battlefield Trust. The Battle of Antietam, total number of forces engaged were 132,000. This was 87,000 Union soldiers against 45,000 Confederate soldiers. The highest uh, Union commander was George B. McClellan, and the highest Confederate commander, like we already said, was Robert E. Lee. Total estimated casualties were a little short of 23,000. And Antietam went down in American history to this day it is the single bloodiest day in American history in terms of American lives lost I mean I realized that both the sides fighting were American um, but still it's it really it looms large in the story of the Civil War was this bloodbath at Antietam we're gonna talk about the Battle of Gettysburg. This is the big one. Uh, This is, you know, for people who have maybe a casual knowledge of the American Civil War, this is probably the battle they are most likely to have heard of. The Battle of Gettysburg um, was fought from July 1st to July 3rd, 1863, around the town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania which at the time had a population of around 2,000 people. This battle was the end result of Lee's second invasion of the north. Over the course of the battle, northern and southern soldiers fought in the hills, woods, and fields near the town. The peak of the combat was an event called Pickett's Charge. On the third day of fighting, 12,500 Confederates advanced over an open field against well-prepared Union soldiers waiting behind stone walls and wooden fences. The attack was a complete disaster. Some Southern soldiers actually did reach the Union lines and this location is often called the quote, high watermark of the Confederacy, end quote. I believe there's actually a marker on the uh, Gettysburg battlefield to this day where you can go to the spot where they made it to the wall. The reason why it's called the high watermark of the Confederacy is because in the opinion of most historians, after the losses, the Confederate army suffered at Gettysburg, they were no longer able to seize the initiative and keep the Union army on its back foot and um, dictate kind of the flow of the war. In many ways, when you look at kind of what happened afterwards, after the Battle of Gettysburg from the end of the war, the Confederate Army was now mostly on the defensive. In any case, after this charge, Pickett's charge, Lee realized he could not win the battle and retreated his army back to Virginia. He had lost over a third of his army. The Battle of Gettysburg was important for three reasons. Southern loss of initiative, the final loss of any hope of European recognition, and the Gettysburg Address. First, although Lee did not know it at the time, the Battle of Gettysburg was the last time, kind of like what I already said, um, that the South had the initiative in the war. Up until this point, many of the engagements of the war, especially in the East, Okay, so when you study the Civil War, there's kind of two uh, fronts. Um, usually in this context, when people talk about the Civil War, they're called theaters, the Western Theater and the Eastern Theater. The Eastern Theater was mostly fought in Virginia, um, but you, know, you, you had fighting in uh, the Carolinas and Georgia and stuff like that. Whereas the Western Theater, um, those battles were mostly fought in Tennessee but also in places like Kentucky, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Uh, you did have little skirmishes in the far west and in Texas, but uh, back to what we were talking about. Up until this point, many of the engagements of the war, like I said, especially in the east, uh, witnessed federal armies reacting to rebel movements. After the Battle of Gettysburg and for the rest of the war, Confederate armies were consistently um, on the defensive Secondly, many in the South still hoped for European intervention in the war by the time the battle happened. They thought that if they could just secure a clear victory, they could gain European recognition. When the dust settled at Gettysburg, any remaining chance of this uh, happening just evaporated. Finally, this is uh, you know, one of the most famous speeches in American history. When Abraham Lincoln uh, visited the battlefield, uh, he delivered the Gettysburg Address, and this was on November 19th, 1863. While his remarks were only 271 words, they summed up what was at stake and why the war had to be fought. It reassured many people in the North and remains one of the most pivotal, just important, critical speeches in American history, and I very much encourage you to read it if you get a chance. One last thing I'd like to say uh, before we move on is, in my opinion, the best movie ever made about the Civil War is about this battle. It's called Gettysburg, and it's uh, from 1993, and you know, if you had to watch one movie about the Civil War, make it this one, Gettysburg. Now let's talk about what, in my opinion, is probably the most critical turning point of the Civil War, and I realize this maybe isn't the most popular opinion, but uh, it's the fall of Atlanta on September 2nd, 1864. By the summer of 1864, the northern public was tired of war. The ghastly death tolls of battles like Shiloh, Antietam, Fredericksburg, Gettysburg, and Chickamauga weighed heavily on northern families. And if you've ever seen the 2012 film Lincoln, um, directed by Steven Spielberg, you can see that even into 1865, there were very powerful people in Washington and a very sizable portion of the northern public that just wanted to make peace with the South, You know, who could just let it go. Um, And uh, Daniel Day-Lewis actually won an Oscar for that movie. I mean, of course he did. Has he ever made a bad movie? Uh, Who knows? But uh, I had just mentioned the film Gettysburg, which was also really good. I would also recommend Lincoln. It was very good. Uh, But if Lincoln is more about uh, political struggles and political maneuvering uh, versus Gettysburg, which which is really about the battle itself. So if that interests you, definitely check it out. If it doesn't, then... You know, maybe uh, get Gettysburg instead. But in any case, back to the fall of Atlanta. So put yourself in this position. It's the summer of 1864. These huge, huge death tolls in these battles. Um, Like the first one I mentioned, uh, Shiloh, was in the spring of 1862, and that was in the West. And when that happened, There were more people killed at Shiloh than at the Battle of Waterloo, which ended the Napoleonic Wars. But then, imagine, you know, you get these statistics from the battle, this huge death toll, but that just wasn't it. I mean, there was only one Waterloo, and and then stuff was over. But then imagine, after that, you have 20 more Shilohs, and a lot of them had even more casualties. So again, battles like Antietam, Fredericksburg, Gettysburg, Chickamauga. A great number of Democrats at this point in the North favoured ending the war by making peace with the South. Um, they were often called Copperheads after the venomous snake. At this time, Lincoln did not think he could win re-election in November. He was he was very, very discouraged in the summer of 1864. His old nemesis, uh, General George B. McClellan, uh, who his name popped up already once in this episode, was running for president as the Democratic candidate, and he was very popular in the North. Fortunately for Lincoln, Union armies had been much more successful in the Western theater than in the Eastern theater. Rebel armies had been pushed out of Tennessee, New Orleans and Vicksburg, uh, so critical, critical cities, had fallen, and General Sherman uh, was attacking Atlanta. The city was a critical Confederate rail hub and supply base. Politically, it was one of the most important cities in the South. When Sherman captured the city just two months before the election, it sent shockwaves throughout the North as well as the South. This had a huge effect on Northern morale. Uh, It showed them that, you know, hey, just hang on. The end is in sight. If the attack had stalled, failed, or turned into a disaster, McClellan may have been elected president in 1864. Had this happened, there is a high likelihood that he would have scrapped the Emancipation Proclamation and negotiated peace with the South. These are two things that he publicly campaigned on, he said he wanted to do. This would have uh, legitimized and established the Confederacy. When Lincoln was re-elected, the Union instead stayed on track towards a total military victory. So no negotiated peace, um, no conditional surrender, anything like that. Surprisingly, a majority of Union army soldiers voted for him in that election, knowing that they would have to continue fighting. Um, This is my personal speculation. I mean, why did they do this? You're voting for the guy that's gonna have you continue fighting. I think it's because of the price in blood that had been paid. Uh, Maybe a lot of these soldiers voted to re-elect Lincoln because they thought to themselves, look, like we've already paid such a price for this war, for it to just end and for us to have a draw or even lose. um, No, we, we have to go all the way to make it worth it, the price that we have paid. But that's just personal speculation on my part. Let's briefly look at some counterpoints here. While the Battle of Antietam, the Battle of Gettysburg, and the Fall of Atlanta uh, were the key turning points, uh, the most likely key turning points of the war, in my opinion, a number of other events have also been suggested. Um, These include the First Battle of Bull Run, 1861, the Trent Affair, 1861, the Fall of New Orleans, 1862 the death of Stonewall Jackson in 1863, the fall of Vicksburg in 1863, and the constant Union naval blockade of the South throughout the entire war, also called the Anaconda Plan because it was named after this snake that was supposed to strangle the South. And that lasted from 1861 to 1865. Um, For those of you that don't know, the first battle of Bull Run Uh, was in 1861. It was the first major engagement between Union and Confederate forces in the East. And it's a possible turning point because historians have suggested that if the Southern Army was able to capitalize more completely on their victory, they could have completely routed the Union Army, and who knows what might have happened. The Trent Affair in 1861 was very interesting what it was, was there were these two Confederate diplomats that were headed to Europe to kind of make the case for the Confederacy to the powers that be in the United Kingdom and France, they were seized at sea in open waters from a British ship by an American ship, uh, American sailors. And this outraged the British government. Um, when you look at what might have happened. The British government was really um, this breaching of their sovereignty really, really offended them and outraged them. And in fact, they went so far as to move, I believe it was 12,000 soldiers to Canada, uh, definitely between 10 and 15,000. Historians have looked at this at if this incident had gone differently, it may have actually spurred the British to enter the war on behalf of the Confederacy. Something that, ha- that they had definitely been weighing, debating. Lincoln was famously quoted as saying um, at the time, one war at a time. And he kind of quietly released the diplomats and the Trent Affair cooled down. But definitely, you know, if you get a chance, read about the Trent Affair. I believe it was the closest the British came to getting involved in the war. Another possible turning point is the fall of New Orleans in 1862. When the war started, New Orleans was by far the largest city in the Confederacy. It was a huge, major port. Uh, Why is this important? Because it's at the mouth of the Mississippi, it meant that Union forces now had control of this, this critical river delta. And you see uh the shifting of power throughout the war is very closely tied to who controlled the mississippi river you know the most important river in america it started with union forces taking these forts in tennessee then you know uh they had new orleans and the climax of this where they finally uh gained complete control of the river was the fall of vicksburg in 1863 which lincoln said You know, that's the key to the Mississippi, and now the key is in our pocket. Another thing is the death of Stonewall Jackson. Oh, Stonewall Jackson, what a guy. Uh, Eccentric, fanatically religious, fanatically militaristic, uh, definitely the kind of guy who, you know, believes that the best death is a glorious death in battle while the Lord's name is on your lips kind of thing. Um, He was lee's best general in the first half of the war stonewall jackson was just a class above uh, most of the union generals Um, his soldiers would appear in places nobody expected them to appear and would cover vast amounts of ground in fact some people called them jokingly foot cavalry because they were footmen but they they moved like cavalry and he was just able to achieve incredible battlefield results with such limited uh, resources. After the Battle of Chancellorsville, uh, during the night, he was riding back to his lines and Confederate picket men uh, mistook them for a Union raiding party. And he was shot by his own men and he died a short time afterwards. And a lot of historians um, have speculated that if lee had had his 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 famous uh general his number two man in the following battle the battle of gettysburg um it would have been a confederate victory because there were there was a key general in the battle of gettysburg i'm not going to get too deeply into this but he didn't do something at a critical time um and historians have speculated that if it had been jackson instead he would have done that um and the battle would have been a confederate victory so and and it's not like they were separated by uh, a large amount of time either i mean chancellorsville was may of 1863 and gettysburg was july so it's it's just crazy to think you know what would have happened at gettysburg if jackson had been alive finally there's the union naval blockade of the south and uh, this is huge this is huge because this completely um shifted the economic Uh, advantage of the North, even more in their favor. Uh, When the war started, the Union already had the advantage in manufacturing uh, of civilian goods, but also of military goods. The South really had an import-export economy. Uh, It was based on exporting cotton, which was huge at the time. It was the the world's resource because what it was doing is it was feeding the textile boom in, uh, in the northern United States, but also in Europe. Uh, I heard one historian compare it to, well, you know the status oil has now in the world economy? That's what cotton was back then. So by blockading southern ports for the duration of the war and completely choking off imports of goods... The Union really kind of starved out the Confederacy, especially in military goods like like rifles and ammunition and raw materials, stuff like that. It's uh, it's kind of, yeah, they already had an advantage and they just pushed it even further, which led to the, um, this is another thing that is kind of part of the popular mythology of the Civil War in American history is, is this, the blockade runners. It, these were Confederate smugglers um that would uh you know run the blockade and in the early stages of the war they had some success uh you know you only had i think it was a one in ten chance of being caught but by the end of the war the union naval blockade was so successful that your chances of getting caught went from one in ten to one in two so definitely definitely uh, very effective All right, listeners, that's all I have for you today. I want to thank you so much for listening, and this has been Bite-Sized History, the show where I try to make history fun, fast, and interesting. I was Nick, your host.